Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Yes. So, hi. Hi. So good to be down here. It's so good to see you again. You know what I don't mess when I leave Toronto? Yeah, what I don't mess when I come to Toronto? The palm trees and the ocean. And it's pretty hard. California. Yeah, it's pretty hard. You don't have that in Toronto? Uh, you know what? We have lots of amazing things. Do you actually know that it is cheaper to buy a waterfront condo here in San Diego than it is in Toronto? Seriously? Yeah. Crazy, right? Do you own one? Uh, I actually do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't invest in them, but they, uh, I own some real estate, yes. So let's get into this. We got yes. a half an hour. And um, what's on your heart right now that you want to say before we get into anything that we um, show and tell? You know, for me, it's funny because I, I mean, I took some notes, as you know, I read a lot. The, um, it, to me, it was staggering to me that, you know, here I am, I'm coming in from Canada. Um, I've had the opportunity to study and work internationally. Um, and I don't know that people don't get this, but, you know, globalization is not a Google search phrase, right? I mean, we have people here, you know, they are complaining they're coming in from Northern California and how much work it is to get down here. And I just want to make sure that people realize, the, you know, the opportunity that you guys have here. So, I mean, you are literally in the world's best mortgage banking society. And you're in California where some of the world's best mortgage bankers are made. I mean, I don't think you realize just how blessed you are to be able to be in this environment, to be in this country, and to be able to have access to the training and resources. I mean, I've been seeking this stuff out for 20 years. Yeah, so yep. I think that you guys should just give yourselves a round of applause to, Amen. It's good to have all the opportunities here. you guys yeah. have here. Good to have you guys here. So um, the whole theme of Game Changers thus far has been this idea of, of committing to disruption, right? And um, disruption is more than just trying to see the direction everybody's going and turning around and going the other way. Disruption is strategic. Disruption is thinking about what can you actually do that creates a game-changing move in your market, in your environment, that will allow you to succeed at levels that your competition is just going to stand in awe and drop their jaw around, right? Right. And I think that's what Callum has done. And, you know, credit goes to um, the Mortgage Mastermind Group that I created in 1994 with some of my very, very dear friends, some of whom are in this room. Jim McMahon is here and one of the founding partners of the Mortgage Mastermind Group. That group got together in 1994, 95, and 96. And every three months, we went to somebody's branch and we brainstormed for two days on how to disrupt our market. We brought in the head of creativity for Disney, Mike Vance, to be our coach and uh, the guy that sat next to Walt Disney to create Disneyland and, and have that guy tell us, how do we be unique? How do we be disruptive? How do we change the game for our borrowers? And um, it was in those moments early on that we developed this idea around mortgage planning and, and mortgage strategy, right? And Callum, one of the early adopters of how to execute that in the area of wealth building. And so one thing that I would ask you guys to to really take a look at is how do you shut the door, drop the mic, and have somebody the first time they hear about you go, wow, how different can you be, right? Right. And you adopted that. I did, yeah. You know, for me, um, you know, when I first got in the mortgage business, I'd come from a global treasury background, right? So 
for me, I didn't really know how to do mortgages really well. Um, so, but I did know that I knew a lot about you know, credit capital markets yep. and equity capital markets. And so it's funny, because when you talk about Jim McMahon, it's like the first time that Jim McMahon said hi to me and shook my hand, I'm not going to say I didn't wash it for a couple of days, <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, the, uh, of course, now he wants to sit beside me. I'm totally moved. The, uh, <laughs> so the, um, but yeah, I remember coming down here, and I mean, I sourced our training and the rest of it, and I remember coming down here, and if, I remember, so I went up, and I was talking to you, and I told you that I wanted to be in a specific coaching program. You're like, here's the thing. We don't let anyone in that coaching program unless they've had three years of coaching. We also don't let Canadians in. And I was like, eh, you know what? I've been told no before. I'll work on this. The, um, so what I did was I paid to go to the inner circle. And it was three top. It was Stephen Marshall, Jim McMahon, and Tim Broadhurst, and all of which I know now. And then I went and did a site visit at their office and focused on adding as much value as I could for them. Do you remember how much the ticket was to the inner circle? Um, I, I remember it was somewhere around four or $5,000 or something. I can't remember. It was, it was $2,000 for a day. A day. And we started I, at six. Right. And we went till six. And you got a four-inch binder that had Jim McMahon's playbook and it had Broadhurst's playbook. And, and that... Was, changed your life. Oh my gosh, it changed my life would be an understatement. When you talk about ROI, I mean, I've, I've got seven years of post-secondary finance education, and I'm not sure I could do the math on how high that ROI is. <laughs> the, um, because I remember distinctly thinking, you know, when I interact with people, the early couple years in the mortgage business, for me, um, I had the false belief that I would be able to outsmart everyone and, you know, the, uh, work on a better system. And then once about two years in, um, I made a really important decision, Todd, and that decision for me um, was that I would stop reinventing the wheel um, and instead just take the wheels of other people. Um, and, you know, I don't use the southern accent that, built the, uh, that the, uh, he does, but, I mean, you know, the certified scripts and stuff that he did, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what, this is it. And the other one, too, is he always said, um, I always wanted to create a unique, amazing borrower experience. Um, and so when I actually took a look at the certified scripts, one of the things that I really loved about Jim McMahon was it integrates financial data, and that happens to be something I'm reasonably good at. Yeah. The, um, so speaking to those things in terms of the differentiation uh, was dramatic. And then one of, the, one of the things that happened to me was a few years in, I realized that people were then coming to me before they talked to their, uh, their stockbroker, their investment advisor, their financial planner, and they would get their financial planner to get my authorization to do things. Um, and you know, we talked about the idea of quarterbacking the transaction, and you know, what I realized is that the knowledge accumulation plan that I've had by virtue of you know, coming here every year, investing in the training courses, I mean, it gives me such an unbelievable, the uh, sustainable competitive advantage um, that it's like, it's basically no one else can compete. The, uh, Bam. Talk about disrupting. Talk about a changing, changing dynamic of how you get people to engage. Yeah. So what's been the results? Uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, so really it's funny because one of the things that I think that makes me different, and well, there's probably a number of things that make me different. <laughs> I don't want to be normal, just to be clear, um, is the idea that I've never, ever defined myself based on how much income I make. I've always defined myself based on how much money I save for my clients and how much wealth I create for them. Yeah, write that down. How much money do you save for your clients and how much wealth do you create for their 
The, um, and you've got to be really purposeful on this, right? Because if you take a look at the Canada or U.S. marketplace, for the higher income earners or the middle income earners, if you're borrowing with after-tax dollars, your after-tax cost of borrowing is actually quite the uh, low. And so if your after-tax rate of return is higher, then you use other people's money. And it's about conservative leveraged wealth, which is something that I've built my whole brand on. Um, and so we're talking a lot about ROIs, right? Because yeah. I'm sort of a finance dork. Um, and one of the things that struck me was that I was constantly trying to increase my revenue per hour and how much impact I had on clients. And then it sort of dawned on me that, you know, here I am, the quarterback of the deal. I've got all the paperwork to be able to get. And I think in your case, you guys call them like uh, Series 7, yeah, we call the Canadian Securities course. I did that when I was 23. So, I mean, I've got all the licensing and I'm quarterbacking the deal. And I thought, my gosh, the auxiliary revenue streams, does anyone like to make money while you sleep? I just want a show of hands. And the people who didn't put their hand up, or is your arm broken, or you just don't like that? Um, so I thought that, to me, I'm a math guy, right? So numerators over denominators, so it's like number of hours versus revenue. And then I realized that if you actually put revenue over zero hours, it was actually infinite. And I like the math on infinite. How, how many people here like the idea of making an infinite amount of money? Oh, there we go. Um, so the way that I did that was being uber-focused on tenaciously understanding my clients' after-tax rate of return, their after-tax cost of borrowing, and understanding their room to contribute to, you guys call them 401ks, we call them RSPs. And you know, by doing that analysis, I sort of took Dave Savage's one to the next level, and I built it into all the you know, intellectual property and stuff I do for my clients. So, I mean, now, um, you know, I make more uh, income passively than I used to make working. So this is, this is a very interesting number for you guys to get your head around. Um, you make more money passively than you actually do proactively. You have more That's money correct. coming in without working than you do money coming in by working. Not only that, I have a fully paid off ex-wife, so that's not easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? I got two wonderful daughters. I don't, but I'm just saying that I had my own financial crisis. That's what I was going to say. We all, we all, yeah. I mean, everybody has tough times, right? So one of the things that I, I think is unique, and I want to be careful how we kind of talk through this, is you make it hard to do business with you. Uh, I, I mean, you know, what I, you know where I'm going. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't mean hard like... But you're like really filtered on who you do business with. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to show something. Yeah. This, is, this is on uh, Callum's email signature. So uh, it says, not accepting new clients. In order to preserve advice and customer service quality, my firm will no longer be accepting new clients unless you were referred by an approved referral source, specifically an existing client, and optimize wealth client, a key, a key Spire member, or you're a medical professional. Our waiting list is also full and closed. Sorry, no exceptions. Yeah. I, I just, I want you to ask yourself, is, is that your spirit? Because most of us, truth be told, will go anywhere at any time for anybody to do a mortgage, right? That's the problem. And that's the problem. Right? So you, I remember early days, you, I mean, obviously, uh, I've been a, you know, for lack of a better phrase, disciple, um, where it was like, there are enough people who do business your way to worry about they won't. Um, and you know what I mean? I fundamentally believe I'm one of the best financial advisors on the planet. And if I'm not, I'm going to keep working on it. And so, you know, I sit back and I can't be all things to all people. 
right? So the, um, and I realized that early days, I mean, I grew up as a first generation immigrant kid. The, um, you know, I had the very good blessing of a ship's captain father uh, who taught me a lot of discipline and I was a 30 year martial arts guy and I had a liberal feminist mother, right? So I grew up in an environment where basically someone was telling me what to do no matter what. The, um, it was the, and it worked really well because you guys might've picked this up. I was a little bit of a high energy competitive kid. I don't know if you got that vibe, but anyway, the, um, so I sat back um, and for me, it was so amazing as I started to go through because I wanted to help everyone. And then one of the things you realized, and there was a line that you gave that was um, the, uh, you know, focus on the high quality uh, first. And so given the fact that I wasn't very good at mortgages, but I was really good at personal finance, I could barely do mortgage deals for people who had perfect stable jobs and perfect credit, right? So I was like, you know, why would I learn how to do difficult loans, right? The, uh, so I just built up my business and then the following happened and I thought, uh, more and more high-income professionals were actually coming after me. Um, and I sort of grew up, and not, that was not my side of the tracks. And then, by the way, I'm not saying I was hard done by, but you know, I took my first commercial airline flight when I came from Scotland to Canada. I went on vacation to Florida once when I was a kid, so it's not like we were you know, living a life of abundance. Um, so I sat back and I thought, it's amazing to me, these high-income professionals, because I'd always believed for some reason that you know, rich people weren't nice. And I gotta tell you, that's just a lie that poor people tell themselves to feel better about them, right? The, um, and then my team members will tell you this all the time. You, I wanna know someone's jerk. The only people who are jerks ever are like the, that's a wrong statement. Okay. <laughs> the richer the clients I have, the nicer and more they appreciate my advice. I'll give you a great example. Like two weeks ago, I had a, one of the top partners of a downtown trial law firm. So I mean, a good income earner. He makes about the uh, 870,000. Um, so you know, only $700,000 US. That, that's still good down here, right? Um, and the, uh, he calls two minutes late for the call um, and apologizes the, uh, for being late. And then I get one of his junior associates who misses the call completely. And goes, gets on the phone and goes, you do realize this stuff happens, I'm a lawyer. And I was like, interesting. The junior associate who makes 80, he um, has to tell me they went to law school, which you know, I was torn whether or not I should feel sorry for them or actually celebrate. The, um, but the other side of it is you get this senior high person the, um, and they value time and they value who you are. And I mean, I just don't get bored of working with people who value my time, are super organized, they listen to what I do. So when clients come into my office, I mean, I'm discussing their kids, how to do intergenerational wealth transfer. We got a partnership with a firm called Optimize Wealth that's run by a 20-year contact of mine named Matthew McGraw, and he's just a rock star. Um, so I literally come in, they come into the office, they sit down in my office, I give them life planning books, I talk about vacations with their kids, I talk about where we are in the long-term goal, in the end, I'm like, do you want any mortgage questions answered? And then, you know, my associate comes in, brings the mortgage documents, and I'm like, hey, I'll let them handle that. The, uh, you have yourself a wonderful day, I look forward to seeing you again, um, and that's it. So I, I, I love choosing your client, and I, and I think you guys need to identify the perfect client profile. You know, what does it really, really look like? Part of being a specialist is decide your market and decide as a specialist, what do you want to specialize in? And by default, you have to pick the type of clients right. that you want to specialize in. And you continue this. I think this is on your website. Um, and what is this? Uh, let's see. What does this say? I got to get up here to see it. It says, formerly uh, operating as Callum Ross Mortgage. Please note, we're not currently open to the general public. To work with our team, you must be an existing client, someone who has completed a mortgage with our office before, referred by an existing client or a Keyspire member. So this is popping up everywhere. Correct. And then you have an FAQ at the bottom of your website on even stuff that 
is a little bit like super creative. Like you will charge this or do that or you can actually charge for advice. Yeah, well, the thing in, is, in I, your do, world. I, I don't really do that, but I've done know, like 17 expert witness reports, the, uh, and they pay reasonably well, plus they're good for credibility. But I'm sitting back and I'm thinking if, you know, the, the very senior level people in the Justice Department and the top downtown lawyers the, uh, in Toronto are, you know, willing to pay me $1,000 an hour for my expert opinion, which has never been defeated in any level of court, like, why would I do free consultations for people? So I keep that up on the site so they realize, because of course, what the tendency is, is people think that your time is free because they're not paying for it. The, um, and so I let them know that my time is not only not free, but it's expensive. The, um, and you know, and it just changes the paradigm because my clients respect my time. I work with like some amazing people. Like I sit back and people say, when are you gonna retire? I'm like, why would I retire? This is like my definition of living the perfect life. I chat all day about life planning, financial markets, with a bunch of clients who are changing the world, they're positive people. The, um, and then I go home at the end of the day and I'm like, wow, that's cool, I got paid for that. Right on, right, right on, right on, yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, so let's see it, uh, we got about, uh, um, ooh. So I think, I, yeah, I think that was miscalculated. But anyway, let's, let's take about eight or 10 minutes. There's, there's two graphs you want to kind of talk through. Yeah. Why don't you stand up and roll with right. that? And yeah, you know what, it's funny because one of the things I point out is that if you understand financial markets, we know, and again, some news bulletins that I picked up today, right? So U.S. equities are where you watch stocks. London is the bond market. Um, and, you know, if you look at Canada, we're a precious resource country. And I want people to realize they've got to get... We talk over and over again about globalization, and I think one of the things that I went to school down here, it's interesting, is I think there's a gap around fiscal literacy in Canada, and there's a gap on global education, but this is one of the things that's absolutely always true. So right now, we are unequivocally in this part of the curve. Okay, interest rates rising, lending is tightening, credit defaults rise, uh, interest rates peak, lending is difficult, credit defaults bottom out. So we are right now at this point in the credit market, okay? And if you don't believe me, I'm gonna tell you that JP Morgan just paid a $5 million signing bonus to being the best credit default swap person over from Goldman Sachs. There's a saying I say, follow the smart money. And I'm telling you this, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs people are not dumb. When they pay $5 million for credit, you guys all know what credit default swaps are, right? They're ways that bet on the falling of the quality of debt and the housing market you know that the bets are mounting as we speak. By the way, if you followed me on LinkedIn, you would have said that the, uh, two weeks ago, I said, I sincerely hope I'm wrong, but I believe we're starting the next financial crisis. Anyone believe that they should have gone deleveraged and gone to liquid when I said two weeks ago? <laughs> I'm, all you really need to do is read my LinkedIn. You didn't have to read the articles. That was tough, right? The, um, so I want to point out, right, I'm sitting up today and I'm looking at, well, it's 7.32 a.m. today, we have a situation where Bloomberg says, we forgot the financial crisis had a trial. Number two, the Newswire release, financial cycles almost always work in 10-year periods. When did the subprime crisis happen, folks? 2008, 10-year cycles. So guys, the point is, these cycles hold true. And if you don't believe me, Google it. <laughs> which is down 1.9% of the futures market. Technology sector has the, actually lost $172 billion worth of net worth. Oh, by the way, you do know that there are analysts calling for the U.S. equity market to go down 30 to 40%, just in case you were wondering. All right, next chart. 
The, um, so, you know, this is ideally where we always want to be. And I always think that, look, in my book, which I wrote, I wrote an Amazon and Global Mail bestseller called The Real Estate Retirement Plan. And in there, I talked about a very simple concept, which was follow the smart money. Now, Smart money, like, I mean, to keep up with people who have entire research teams is incredibly difficult. But we agree that if you just follow really smart people, life is generally easier. I mean, that's why I obey Todd, right? The, uh, so when you go through this, smart money is shorting the housing market right now. They're trying to buy distressed gov government debt. Actually, the guy who shorted the Bank of England is trying to figure out how to short the Canadian government and the American government. Because there's only two foundational rules to wealth. One is spend less money than you make. Two is optimally allocate what you have left. In Canada and the US, our governments spend more money than they make. You guys do realize that if the US government or the Canadian government applied for a mortgage, they wouldn't get financing, right? <laughs> Something to think about? All right, first there's a sell-off. That's by the institutional money. Then we get media attention. Then enthusiasm happens. And then the general public jumps in. They chase returns. People walk past like, wow, stock markets returned 20%. I should totally buy stocks. If I told you you could buy a watch and you didn't buy it, and a year later you walked past and that watch was 20% more expensive, would you be rushing to buy it? No. But retail investors make a different mistake, right? So they go up, they get greed, they get delusional. Then there's a new paradigm, denial. By the way, then there's a return to norm. That's called affectionately a dead cat bounce. By the way, if you look up on your iPhone right now and look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the dead cat bounce has just ended and equities are plummeting. Don't believe me, everyone here has got iPhones, you have them in the US, right? I'm teasing, right? The, uh, but right now we have a point where we're going into fear and fear tends to drive people even more than greed. What happens is people panic and they sell assets at a lower price than they should and that creates a buying opportunity, which is why we deleverage, get cash available, to take advantage of buying opportunities, buying distressed debt, <clears throat> underpriced real estate, and equities. I mean, that's obviously a very dumbed-down version. Todd, we can do a more elaborate version for the, you know, the elite. We might do stuff. a we might do a nice interview with you and, and send it out to everybody a, a month from now and then kind of unpack this a little bit. But but you know, to uh, to to Callum's credit and to the Early Mortgage Mastermind Group, to Jim's credit as a fiscal literacy expert, this is the kind of stuff that the future is going to be built on. You've got to understand the market you're in. You've got to understand what you're saying to people. You've got to understand how to be an advisor. You've got to you got to wake up every day and you've got to answer the question: How much time am I going to spend? to get fiscally literate so that the future, the game-changing future, which is a B2B future, okay, is one that you can absolutely capitalize on. Knowledge is power. I told you guys last night, the two things I want you to keep your eyes on for the whole four days, knowledge was number one, value was number two. How many of you think if you're, are, if you're a real estate investor or a high net worth individual or Callum's perfect borrower profile, how many of you think you would value the kind of advice that you just heard in seven minutes come out of this guy's mouth? If you were, right, you. right, you wouldn't, you wouldn't question, does this guy know what he's talking about? The other thing, too, is I don't only work with high net worth. I know. I, I work with people who are going to be high net worth. Well, that's, one of, your, that's <laughs> yeah, one of your disruptions. Absolutely. You help people. You said to me. I've created more than $1.8 billion of incremental net worth for my clients. Say it again. I've created more than $1.8 billion in incremental net worth for my clients. Huge. Absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. 
I specialize in mortgage, uh, helping people get mortgages that can get them anywhere. Correct. That's one of your lines. Yeah, I love I it. I do. The, uh, okay, you got 60 seconds to wrap it up. So, you know, hey, I've got a gift bag that's supposed to be here. The, uh, if we could get Ashley. I got uh, it. Oh, there we go. Perfect. I suck at administration. It doesn't fit you know. in the canon, though. The, uh, so the first one is, the um, <laughs> first one is, is I met you. You signed my book, and you said, see me on stage. And I had an office fire in the uh, March 1st, 2017, and that book got ruined. So I need you to, I've been asking for this for a while, so I figured I'm going to do it I know, but I, I made you wait for it. The, uh, I'm just, now I'm watching. All right. The, uh, that's how you get things done, because he's actually more intense than I am. The, uh, so the other thing too was there's this the uh, unbelievable the uh, thing that I saw in a store and when I got it all I could think about was you. The uh, I'm not exactly sure what it's for because I'm not really a knickknack guy, but it says life begins at the end of your comfort zone and you've always taken me outside of my comfort zone. That's why I am where I am today. So when I saw this, wow. The, uh, and there's one more thing. I've always believed as I've come down here, this room. And the system here, in my opinion, is the Harvard Business School of Mortgage Banking. So, you know, I thought we'd get you a little hat that says Harvard. It's one of the <laughs> official ones. The uh, because all the difference you've made oh to my life. Oh my! The uh, nice. You want to wear the ring too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, holy. This is your Harvard ring. It is. Oh my! How much did you pay for that? Uh, too much. When I talk about fiscal literacy, that was not one of the good decisions. This is beautiful. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah. The, um, there you go, buddy. So, you know, the one thing, too, I was going to say is that people need to realize, don't fear. We live in two of the most indebted societies in the world, and there's no way that's going to change. And by the way, with equity markets going down, Ashley. right now, there are more people in Canada and the U.S. that need financial advice than the history of humanity. There are more people who need the advice of mortgage professionals because of debt levels in the history of humanity. Do not fear this. This is the biggest opportunity of your lifetime. Todd and I are going to change the world together. We look, we look forward to having you along for the journey. Thanks for listening to me. There you go, brother. <laughs> hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you. I want to make sure you are aware of I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.
part of today's episode. I have a special gift for you on make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes for just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and